Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. The Combine is underway. The draft prospects are there in most cases for interviews and medicals and on the field activity. Few exceptions to that rule, and they are big ones. The collective bargaining agreement continues to inch forward. Some players and some owners are actually meeting each other today in Indianapolis, site of the NFL Combine. We have a lot of college basketball to get to, of course, as well. In our backyard tonight, what do you expect at the Smith Center? Kevin Keats and NC State may be on their way to their second NCAA tournament bid in his three years in Raleigh. That win over Duke last week put the pack in an infinitely better position, but they got to take care of business down the stretch. That means Wake Forest later, you're better than the Deeks. You're supposed to beat them. That means Pitt later, you're better than the Panthers. You're supposed to beat them. And whereas we have not often been able to say in recent decades the pack is better than the Tar Heels, this year is one of those exceptions. NC State on the right side of the bubble, UNC dead last in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Question of the day that allows you to take it in many different directions as we revisit a rivalry that was once the best that our state had to offer and way back when, one of the best that college basketball had to offer. It's NC State and UNC. You know the deal. Roy Williams has played the sledgehammer with the Wolfpack playing the nail in that relationship. His time at Kansas and UNC have had that similar theme. It's almost always Roy Williams over the team. He grew up disliking because too many of his buddies in the mountains of North Carolina were NC State fans. And way back when Roy was a young one, the Wolfpack was winning, among other things, its first national championship. Norm Sloan is the coach, David Thompson as the star player, North Carolina's own Tommy Burleson, the star seven foot four big fella inside, among the reasons that the Wolfpack claimed that title. Roy Williams got a little bit of a distaste in his mouth for all things in that shade of red. And he has gotten revenge as a head coach, including with the Tar Heels, including earlier this year in Raleigh. The Wolfpack was the better team, theoretically, then when they got together at PNC Arena. But it was the Tar Heels with the convincing victory. The rematch is tonight, 9 o'clock game on ESPN. I will see everybody at PNC Arena and then run home and catch the Wolfpack against the Tar Heels on ESPN. The Carolina Hurricanes had a makeover before and at yesterday's NHL trade deadline. There are three important new arrivals via trade. There are too many names on the injured list. There are, of course, some departing guys via trade as well. We'll jump into all of those details, and we will welcome a special guest on college basketball. Those guests include Wes Miller of UNC Greensboro. He, is, he has the Spartans positioned for perhaps another NCAA tournament run or bid to the big dance at least. The Spartans are second in the SoCon as tomorrow night in a Southern Conference matchup. They host another of the best teams in that league, Furman. Did you know that former UNC sharpshooter Wes Miller, who as a player, remember, 
won a national championship with the Tar Heels of Roy Williams way back in 2005. His younger brother, Walker Miller, is actually a junior reserve forward on this year's Tar Heels, who, of course, are not doing nearly as well. That same Wes Miller is only 37 years old, but he is already the winningest head coach in the history of UNCG basketball. He's in his ninth season with the Spartans. He is actually after Mike Krzyzewski, Bob McKillop of Davidson, Roy Williams of Carolina, and Lavelle Moten of NC Central. Even at 37 years old, Wes Miller is now the fifth longest tenured head coach anywhere in our state, at least in men's basketball at the Division I level. Wes Miller drops by in less than 60 minutes to talk about his team's fantastic season and their senior night tomorrow night, honoring big man James Dickey, among others. More on that matchup against Furman. More on March Madness as Wes Miller grew up here in North Carolina before playing with the Tar Heels and watched ACC tournaments and NCAA tournaments. The calendar still says February, but it already feels like March Madness here in our backyard. With that same theme in mind, Chris Corciani is one of the greatest Wolfpack players ever, one of the greatest assist men in the history of college basketball. That is numerically a true statement, and I got to witness his career as a young journalist myself. He has become a good friend of the program. Former Wolfpack star point guard Chris Corciani will drop by to talk about the Wolfpack's trip to Carolina. And in the more general sense, Kevin Keats's team chance and, and its chance to punch its ticket to the NCAA tournament here in the next week or so. Trip to Duke, still in the offing for the Wolfpack. Much harder to beat the Devils there, even though you just beat them by 22 at your place. That means the Wolfpack has to take care of business against bottom half of the ACC teams tonight, Carolina, later Wake and Pitt, and then, of course, taking on all comers at the ACC tournament in Greensboro. Chris Corciani and Wes Miller on college basketball. Our Canes guest, although we welcome new defenseman Brady Shea from the New York Rangers via trade. New defenseman Sammy Votnin from the Devils via a different trade. New centerman Vinny Trocek from the Florida Panthers via yet another trade. We are going to welcome today the star of the show from Saturday night. He was the emergency backup goaltender in Toronto, and he helped the Canes, who were complete strangers to him earlier in that same day. He helped the Canes beat his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. It was a story that went way beyond hockey and even way beyond the sports world. He was a guest last night on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He was a guest yesterday on the Today Show nationally on the TV side of things. I mentioned yesterday that today is David Ayers Day in the city of Raleigh, as declared by Mayor Marianne Baldwin. And he is going to be the siren sounder tonight at PNC as the Dallas Stars visit the Carolina Hurricanes. David Ayers will be our guest halfway through hour number two. Uh, I'm headed there again tonight. It is Canes with DG night. Our grand prize has been awarded. We still will have lower-level ticket giveaways the rest of the regular season. So even if you didn't win the grand prize, for the first time, all dudes in the grand prize. We've always had a mixture of families, or I had a soccer mom's year one year. We are on the glass in my personal seats tonight, and we look forward to the new-look Carolina Hurricanes against the Dallas Stars. David Ayers will not be in his number 90 tonight. But they are selling those shirts and raising money for a good cause. 
We'll talk about his celebrity tour as he has had one heck of a moment in the sun. David Ayers, the Carolina Hurricanes emergency backup goalie turned media superstar halfway through hour number two. We allow your participation throughout today's program. Among the other things, we'll get to just a little baseball. The Houston Astros are being booed everywhere they go in spring training. Jose Altuve, one of the Astros stars, during that uh, lion cheating season of 2017 when they won the World Series. He's already been hit by a pitch, although that was not necessarily of the beanball variety. Elsewhere in boxing, did you see the story where Deontay Wilder, the American who lost in Vegas on Saturday night in that heavyweight championship bout to Tyson Fury of England, Wilder has some interesting excuses slash explanations for what went wrong Saturday night in Vegas, even as Wilder and Fury apparently have already agreed to fight for a third time at some date to be announced a little bit later this year. More on that boxing story, a little baseball, a little NBA. We actually have a lot of NFL given that it is late February and that season is long over and the draft is not until two months from now. The NFL Competition Committee has met. They have been discussing, among other things, Pass interference replay review that was not well received nor well executed this past season is as an experimental rule. That is one of the things on their agenda, as are, by the way, yes, they are monitoring some of those creative XFL rules, the different style kickoff, the different style points after touchdown. There's a one point option, a two point option, a three point option. Yes. The NFL Competition Committee has reported they are monitoring those creative XFL rules, but no, they do not yet have any proposals on the table to adopt those rules for the 2020 NFL season or any other season for that matter. This collective bargaining agreement discussions do continue today in Indianapolis, some owners and some players meeting face-to-face. And meanwhile, we already know that neither LSU quarterback Joe Burrow possible number one pick to the Bengals, nor Ohio State edge rusher Chase Young, possibly number two overall, neither of those guys will participate in any of the on-field activities. They can do medicals, they can do team interviews, they're there in Indianapolis, but like many high-projected projected draft picks they are sitting out some of the more serious business there you can chime in with your questions or comments the new look hurricanes the college basketball headlines of the day nc state at unc duke at wake forest among other games worthwhile nationally the nfl and of course a whole bunch of other things that we'll get to little by little including those guests chris corciani of the wolfpack third hour david Ayers of the hurricanes media superstar second hour wes miller of the unc g spartans in hour number two as well 1-800-849-2761 what do you expect to see tonight at the smith center tell me if you're a tar heel fan tell me if you're a wolfpack fan you have different things at stake for sure we know the light blue has had the better of this rivalry in recent decades, and especially under Roy Williams. What do you expect to see tonight? Is it going to be Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown again and the Wolfpack finally in good position, losing a game they're not supposed to lose again? Or will that Wolfpack that was good enough to beat Duke 
and push Florida State? Will they be a similar team tonight at the Smith Center where they have won, remember, under Kevin Keats, but they have not won often against that Roy Williams guy only four times in 40 or so attempts all time for the Wolfpack against Roy Williams coached teams. We have Michael Jordan in his own words today. We have Shaquille O'Neal in his own words today. They were among, among the speakers at the Kobe Bryant memorial service that took place yesterday. You can chime in with your questions or comments about these headlines. You can answer our question of the day. What do you expect from your Wolfpack or your Tar Heels tonight at the Smith Center? Duke at Wake Forest. We'll get to that and its meaning for both of those teams as well. 1-800-849-2761. More on the NFL headlines of the day. Who is Steve Bartkowski and why should Joe Burrow care? I'll get to that. Who are these new-look Carolina Hurricanes, and what does it mean now that the trade deadline is over? We'll get to a little bit on that as well. A lot of college hoops, three great guests on the way. You can join us on the other side. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show throwback justice league you know batman wonder woman superman aquaman if there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life aquaman is your guy zay jones is dominating the three cone drill aquaman is dominating the talk to porpoises drill this is the david glenn show now he's got me i'll have to look at another crime meme for the next I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. <laughs> that is what Kobe Bryant does to me. He knows how to get to you in a way that affects you personally. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was a little Michael Jordan crying meme. Good thing he has a sense of humor about that. It is omnipresent even to this day. The Kobe Bryant Memorial Service was yesterday. We'll give you Shaquille O'Neal, among others, in their own words from the best audio selections from that event. NC State is at UNC tonight. Duke is at Wake Forest tonight. My question for Big Four fans is what do you expect to see tonight? And what do you expect of your favorite program in the coming weeks? Because think of these dichotomies as we also blend in the NFL, NBA, Carolina Hurricanes, and other headlines of the day, 1-800-849-2761. If you're a Wolfpack fan, do you believe you will get revenge tonight in a way you failed to get a win over the Tar Heels at PNC Arena roughly a month ago? As strange as this might sound, when the Tar Heels beat the Wolfpack 75-65 to at PNC Arena, this is a year where the Wolfpack is good again. The Tar Heels are having their second worst year in most of our lifetimes, and yet the Tar Heels still beat the Pack by 10, even though State was the host team. Since then, do you know how many times the Tar Heels have won a basketball game? Zero. Carolina has zero wins and seven losses since beating the Wolfpack in Raleigh. Put a different way, when star freshman point guard Cole Anthony returned from his injury, and remember there was some optimism, well, maybe the Tar Heels would somehow salvage this season because they have a lottery pick talent with the ball in his hands, and he's a ball hawk on defense too. The Tar Heels are 0-7 since Cole Anthony returned from his injury. Now, some of those losses were to very good teams. Some of them were very close losses. But is the Heels sitting at 10 wins and 17 losses, dead last in the ACC with a 3-13 and 13 record? 
as they host the Wolfpack tonight, State again in good position, but the Wolfpack needs to beat the teams they're supposed to beat down the stretch to stay in good position. What do you expect tonight as a Duke fan or a Wake fan with that game in Winston-Salem? What do you expect in the bigger picture? Another contrast there, right? Mike Krzyzewski in year 40 has as realistic remaining goals, not only an easy win over the Deacons tonight, perhaps, but an ACC title, maybe. Florida State and Louisville, the other top contenders for that. The Seminoles have twice looked better than Louisville this season. Beat them in Louisville, beat them last night in Tallahassee. Florida State and Duke, to me, look like the top two teams in this league. But Coach K can realistically say, this team has a shot at another ACC title. This team has a shot at Duke's sixth NCAA title. Do you know what Danny Manning has as realistic goals right now? Not much. It is try to shock the world and beat the Blue Devils tonight, which is way harder than a mild surprise beating the Tar Heels in Winston-Salem not too long ago. But if you're Danny Manning in year six, think of the other end of the spectrum from Mike Krzyzewski with championship dreams in year 40. Danny Manning is on his way to his fifth losing season in six years with the Demon Deacons. That usually spells, even if you have a large buyout, the exit door via a dismissal or a resignation. It's not quite that same contrast in Chapel Hill tonight. It's not like Roy Williams is in any jeopardy job-wise, obviously. But the contrast is similar in the sense that NC State is well-positioned to make the NCAA tournament like Duke and Carolina is in the scraping bottom mode like the Demon Deacons. Big four basketball tonight, but with some different things than usual at stake. Duke at Wake, ACC Network, 7 o'clock. State at Carolina, ESPN, 9 o'clock. What do you expect to see from your favorite team tonight? And what do you hope to see over the next few weeks, including the ACC tournament in Greensboro and then the big dance? We typically have at least two of the big four in the NCAA tournament. Often we have three of the big four in the NCAA tournament. This year's a weird year and not a great year, unless you're a Duke fan, because we know the, Duke Devil, the Devils are going to go maybe as a number one seed. That's still to be determined. We know Carolina or Wake would have to win the ACC tournament, which ain't going to happen to get an automatic bid. And we know the Wolfpack is somewhere in between. It is a weird year for the big four as those four get together tonight in college hoops. What do you expect to see tonight? What are you hoping for, for your, from your favorite team over the next month or so? You can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Roy Williams' career head-to-head -head record against the Wolfpack, Kansas and Carolina included, is 36 wins and four losses. You almost have to stop using the word rivalry. Or maybe you have to go from capitalized rivalry to smaller R rivalry when one side has the hammer the way the Tar Heels have had it over the Wolfpack. Former Wolfpack star Chris Corciani is going to join us in hour number three to talk more college basketball. Wes Miller of UNC Greensboro is going to drop by in about 35 minutes. His team wants to make another NCAA tournament. Two years ago, the Spartans did that under Wes Miller. It was only the third time in the history of UNC Greensboro basketball that they participated in the big dance. They're not guaranteed that this year, but heading into tomorrow's senior night game against Furman at Greensboro Coliseum, 
7 o'clock if you can get there. Uh, it's going to be another big crowd. Two of the best teams in the Southern Conference going head-to-head. Furman at UNCG tomorrow night. Wes Miller, our guest in about 35 minutes here on the David Glenn Show. Big Four basketball and the NFL join the Carolina Hurricanes in the bigger headlines. And with the NFL in mind, one thing I promised, who is Steve Bartkowski and why should Joe Burrow of LSU care? Well, Steve Bartkowski is a former number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He was a great quarterback for the Cal Bears back in the day. So I was a really young guy when Steve Bartkowski played in the NFL. He actually reached out to the Burrow family not long ago. And what did Steve Bartkowski have to say as someone who was in somewhat similar shoes just a long, long time ago, 40-plus years, as the actual number one overall pick? as Joe Burrow is expected to be the number one overall pick. If you didn't know, you'll hear it soon. Joe Burrow is an Ohio guy, state of Ohio guy. Remember, he transferred from Ohio State to LSU before leading those Tigers to the national championship. Joe Burrow grew up in an Ohio town that is about a three-hour drive away from Cincinnati, home of the NFL's Bengals. Well, guess who had the worst NFL record this year? That would be the Cincinnati Bengals. They were 2-14. and 14. What does that mean? Well, worst record gets the first pick. So it's kind of a hometown boy done good story. With the Bengals needing a quarterback, Andy Dalton is no longer a, an up-and-comer. 2-14 and 14 means number one overall. Joe Burrow of LSU is at the Combine as we speak. He's not going to throw, but he's going through medicals. He's going through interviews. And there had been stories and some speculation that he would pull in Eli Manning. Steve Bartkowski, a guy who ended up going number one overall to a really bad at the time Atlanta Falcons franchise and spent the next decade largely getting beat up on bad Atlanta Falcons teams. What did he say to the Burrow family? I know what it's like to go to a bottom feeder team And I would hate to see that happen to Joe Burrow. His advice to Burrow and his family, just pull in Eli Manning and avoid Cincinnati altogether. Eli wasn't avoiding Cincinnati, but he was manipulating the draft process. For those who think that that is unthinkable, remember this. Eli's agent in the year 2004, as Eli's coming out of Ole Miss, and he's projected number one overall, and he didn't want to go to the Chargers, right? And they manipulated the draft process. And he ended up with the team that became the only squad whose uniform he wore at the pro level, the New York Giants. But only after that maneuvering before and during the draft. Eli's agent in the year 2004, as he was selected coming out of Ole Miss, was a guy named Tom Condon. Do you know who Joe Burrow's agent is in the year 2020? A guy named Tom Condon. Will they pull an Eli? Will they try to avoid the hometown Cincinnati Bengals? Joe Burrow got that question at the Combine over the last 24 hours, and he answered that question. More on that NFL story and the collective bargaining agreements, ongoing discussions, and the NFL Competition Committee evaluating which rules they want to change for next season and their feelings and sentiments about how the pass interference 
review played out last year. They were unhappy with that. But does that mean they're going to pull the plug on that experimental rule from a year ago? I'll answer those questions as we come to your calls. 1-800-849-2761. What do you expect tonight at the Smith Center? What do you expect tonight in Winston-Salem? It's Duke at Wake. It's State at Carolina. What do you expect of those four teams in the bigger picture? Most Wake fans I know are calling for the dismissal of sixth-year coach Danny Manning. Many Duke fans I know believe that this team has a great chance of putting a sixth national championship ring on Mike Krzyzewski's finger. They're not the only great candidate for that, of course, but if you listed the top half dozen, I think the Blue Devils would have to be one of those six. Meanwhile, State and Carolina is kind of upside down in a sense, right? It's often the Wolfpack trying to climb the ladder and the Tar Heels trying to stay up top. Well, it's Carolina in dead last place tonight as the Heels host NC State. And in a lot of ways, this game means even more to the Wolfpack, certainly in the form of NCAA tournament projections, than it does to the Tar Heels, who, of course, have seen that dream slip away little by little over the recent weeks, including this seven-game losing streak, 1-800-849-2761. Those college basketball phone calls, if you'd like to chime in on the question of the day, Shaquille O'Neal, in his own words, on his late great former teammate Kobe Bryant from yesterday's memorial service, 1-800-849-2761. UNCG coach Wes Miller in 30 minutes. Chris Corciani, Wolfpack legend in hour three. David Ayers, the superhero of hockey and even national media. The emergency backup goalie from Saturday night in Toronto will join us live in about 60 minutes here on the David Glenn Show as he's headed to PNC tonight to be the siren sounder. I'm headed there to host our Canes with DG guests, and the Canes will play host to the Dallas Stars as they hover in playoff position, as they welcome some trade deadline acquisitions, and as I think a lot of folks in Kaniacs especially should be celebrating Tom Dundon for what he gave the green light to yesterday. Folks, if you don't know the Canes' salary structure, you might remember that Sebastian Ajo makes a ton of money because the Canes, remember, matched that offer sheet, the really expensive one from the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens basically said, we're not sure the Canes in that non-traditional market with this relatively new owner has deep enough pockets to match what we're going to throw at Sebastian Ajo. Tom Dundon met that challenge. After Ajo, three of the more highly compensated players on the team, in some cases, of course, the Canes are not responsible for the whole salary because they're only getting this last month or so of the regular season from these incoming players at the trade deadline. But Vinny Trocek, new Kane from the Florida Panthers, makes almost $5 million a year. Brady Shea of the Rangers makes about $5 million a year. Sammy Votnin from the Devils makes almost $5 million a year. Those are among the bigger contracts that the Canes have on their entire roster, even, again, if they're not responsible for those entire totals this year. Two of those three players have contracts extending into future years. This is another example of Tom Dundon putting his money where his mouth is, folks. This is an example of the Canes missing some key guys with injury. Dougie Hamilton previously, Brett Pesci also a defenseman this weekend hurting his shoulder up in Toronto. They could have stayed put or closer to it at the deadline. Instead, they got aggressive, and they added three talented players to this lineup for this stretch run as they hope to not only make the playoffs, 
but maybe have a chance to do some damage once there, as was the case a year ago. 1-800-849-2761. State at Carolina. Duke at Wake. The new look Carolina Hurricanes. All fair game for your phone calls. The NFL is front and center as well, thanks to the Combine and the Collective Bargaining Agreement. Three great guests are later. Wes Miller of UNCG, David Ayers of the Canes, Chris Corciani of the Wolfpack. You could be next with your question or comment by dialing 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on The David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Great guest later, David Ayers, goalie superhero. In less than 60 minutes, Chris Corciani, point guard, Wolfpack legend, in hour three, and Wes Miller, UNC Greensboro head coach. He's only 37 years old, but he's actually the fifth longest tenured coach in the state of North Carolina behind guys like Mike Krzyzewski at Duke and Roy Williams at Carolina and Bob McKillop of Davidson. He has another really good team. They have their senior night tomorrow night. And meanwhile, James and Durham wants in on other college basketball. What do you expect tonight from your favorite team, or what do you hope to see over the next month from that team? It's the Wolfpack at the Tar Heels. State with a lot at stake come NCAA tournament time. Carolina just trying to win a game and sustain its dominance of the Wolfpack head-to-head. They won in Raleigh earlier this year, but the Tar Heels have not won a game against anybody since then. Seven straight losses for Roy Williams and the Tar Heels, but a dominant head-to-head record against the Wolfpack. Duke is at Wake tonight. Coach K has another great team. Danny Manning is in the process of a fifth losing season in his six years as the head coach of the Deacons. Question of the day, what do you expect to see tonight and what are you hoping for over the next month as a fan of one or more of those big four teams? James and Durham will be first up by phone. You can follow by 1-800-849-2761 by dialing that number. I promised you one thing from the NFL as the combine is underway. Draft prospects in their underwear, meat market style in Indianapolis, among other things. They do get to dress up for the interview part of that process. Quick side note, how long did Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa spend in the medical facility at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis? Remember, I don't even know what this terminology is. And as a guy who once had to have... Uh, or consider shoulder surgery because of a rotator cuff issue as a long-term baseball pitcher. I have never heard the term posterior wall fracture. That's just one of the things that Tua Tungavaloa did during this past season as a quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He did dislocate his hip. That's terminology that I am familiar with. I'm not sure what a posterior wall fracture is, but that was another thing that NFL teams wanted to ask him about. So the typical NFL player, as part of all this, they're doing the three-cone drill and the 40-yard dash and all the other things that you can consider. But they also do face-to-face interviews with prospective employers. And then they do go through the meat market aspect of it, which includes these medical exams. I've been told that it can take less than an hour for your routine routine medical exam. They just want to make sure, especially if you were an injured player at the high school or college level, 
if they're about to invest millions of dollars in you, they want to believe, after seeing x-rays or MRIs or whatever, they want to believe that they're not signing up for damaged goods, right? So it's a fair part of the process. Even Joe Burrow of LSU and Chase Young of Ohio State, who are protecting their draft status, probable number one and number two, by not throwing the ball, catching the ball, rushing the passer, et cetera, even they're going through the medical part and the interview part. Tua Tungavailoa showed up at the medical facility at the NFL Combine yesterday at 10 a.m. His departure time was almost 8 p.m. If my math is correct, that is almost 10 straight hours of being poked and prodded by medical professionals. I'm sure there was some downtime in between meetings with various NFL teams and their medical staff. That's a long day for an NFL prospect when you're just carving that out for medical reasons. Joe Burrow did hear with his family the advice of former number one pick Steve Bartkowski, number one overall to the Atlanta Falcons in the 1970s. He had told Bartkowski had the Burrow family to, quote, pull an Eli Manning and to avoid Cincinnati altogether. I know what it's like to go to a bottom feeder team, Bartkowski said last month. I'd hate to see that happen to Joe Burrow. Well, Joe Burrow was asked, as you knew he would be, at the NFL Combine, his reaction to that or his thoughts more generally. I'm not sure this puts a final nail in this story, but Joe Burrow's answers included, of course I want to be the number one pick for Cincinnati or anybody else, that is every kid's dream. And when asked specifically about playing for his home state Bengals, who were horrifically bad last year at 2-14, and 14, I'm a ball player, I'm going to show up, I will play for whoever drafts me. That's Joe Burrow, assumed number one overall pick, in his own words, over these last 24 hours. 1-800-849-2761. The other side note, I mentioned he has the same agent, Tom Condon, that Eli Manning had in 04 when Eli manipulated the draft process. The agents aren't saying anything. Joe Burrow is saying, I'll sign. Contrary to speculation and even some media reports, he said specifically, I have no objection to playing for the Cincinnati Bengals if they take me number one overall. 1-800-849-2761. Todd is in Kinston and may or may not have a medical degree, but he is next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, Dave. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. Uh, I have a little bit of information on uh, what you were questioning about Tua's injury. You had mentioned he had a posterior wall fracture. Yeah. And basically, when you have a hip dislocation, the hip is a cup. And when he dislocated posteriorly, he broke the posterior nice. half of that cup. The problem is, I don't know if you, if you're from, you remember the Bo Jackson injury. Yeah. I mean, his was actually a dislocation. There was no fracture. problem is when you dislocate the hip, you can get a condition called avascular necrosis where you compromise the, the blood supply. Yikes. And that's why he ended up, I think, having had the hip replacement and all that. So... Down the road, I mean, I think that's why they took so much time with Tua, probably to assess his circulatory status and to see, you know, if he has vascular compromise. Because if he does, he's not going to be a, a potential star in the NFL. And by the way, Tua said specifically, I expect medical clearance from my doctors on March 9th. You know, he had that injury, what would that be now, three months ago or so. Uh, he expects to be ready to not only participate, but fully participate in his pro day on April 9th. 
Does that sound unreasonably optimistic in your uh, medical opinion, or is, does that, assuming none of those complications you just described pop up, uh, is that a normal recovery schedule from a dislocated hip and a posterior wall fracture? Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I think that's all good signs, but I think the NFL, you know, teams that potentially are in, in line to draft him really have to be have to be careful because you know if, if you get it wrong, you're yeah, right. hamstringing your program for quite a while. No doubt about it. And for those wondering, the Detroit Lions have the number three pick. The Dolphins have number five. You can always trade up or down, of course. But for now, Lions at three, Dolphins at five are expected to look at Tua, Tua Tungavaloa out of Alabama. The Chargers have the number six pick and are expected to look. Remember, now Phillip Rivers and, and the Chargers have burned that bridge. They're both moving on. Justin Herbert of Oregon is supposedly under scrutiny by the Chargers. Now, the Panthers are at number seven overall. Nobody knows what to expect about Cam Newton and his future or the rest of that quarterback depth chart now that Matt Rule is the head coach and Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator. There will be no Joe Brady-Joe Burrow reunion, remember, uh, the way they were together at LSU unless the Panthers really shocked the world with a massive trade up from number seven scenario. 1-800-849-2761. Uh, I'd expect several quarterbacks, those three, Burrow, Tungavaloa, Herbert, to all be top 10 picks. But if the Panthers stay at seven, there is a chance that none of those three is available for them. James is in Durham and has college basketball on his mind. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, David. How you doing? Doing great. What's on your mind? I, uh, my question is, Wake is going to no, – I know they're going to get rid of Danny. So would John Beeline be a good candidate for Wake to bring into the ACC so it can still be competitive and Wake program can move a little bit better under his uh, tutelage? Here would be my question to you. If you were helping John Curry, Wake Forest Athletic Director, make this decision, would you be bothered – I'm assuming you're a Wake fan – uh, would you be bothered that John Beeline is 67 years old? No, no. And and I don't blame you for, for viewing it that way. Um, the bottom line is Wake has to get back on track, right? This has been a disastrous decade for Wake Forest basketball. I believe they went to 14 NCAA tournaments in a 20-year period that ended in 2010. So think Dave Odom for a lot of those, even Dino Gaudio for some. 14 out of 20, it's not Duke or Carolina-level success, but it's pretty darn good if you're going roughly two-thirds of the time to the NCAA tournament. And remember, other times they were going to the NIT. So that was consistently quality basketball, including the likes of Chris Paul and Tim Duncan. Some years the NIT, most years the NCAA tournament. John Beeline is universally respected as a college X and O man. There's no doubt about it. Everybody respects. He would not be not only not in over his head, he could match wits with Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim and Roy Williams and the rest of the ACC. He was very successful at West Virginia. He was very successful at Michigan. For those who forget, he took the head coaching job with the Cleveland Cavaliers of the NBA and got fired just this past week or so. John Beeline got a new position at Cleveland, but that doesn't mean he has closed the door on a return to college basketball. I would not be afraid of a 67-year-old coach if I thought he could give me the next six years of his life to get my program back on track. 
and what Wake fans have become accustomed to. I'm not so saying he's the only candidate I would consider, assuming that Wake does make a change from Danny Manning. But you don't get many more proven commodities available uh, than what John Beeline's body of work looks like at all different levels of college basketball as a head coach. But importantly, including at the level of a West Virginia and a Michigan. A Michigan. That's major college basketball. He's been there, done that as a recruiter and a head coach. So, yes, I would seriously consider him if I were Wake Forest. He's viewed by many as a great fit for a school like Wake that can't always just beat head-to-head the Blue Devils or the Tar Heels, can't often beat them for prospects on the recruiting trail. So sometimes you need something a little bit different. And John Beeline has a different style. Not everybody likes it. Uh, Remember, he was briefly a candidate for the NC State vacancies, uh, maybe one time or two different times. That did not pan out, but uh, I think Wake Forest would be wise to consider him. Your other options include up-and-coming young coaches, right? I mean, Wes Miller's right there at UNC Greensboro in their own neighborhood. He's our guest in 10 minutes. <laughs> is, is Wes Miller, if he makes another NCAA tournament with the Spartans at a school that doesn't go there very often, that would be two of the last three years that he's taken a team that it is, is in a league that usually gets only one bid and he would be taking them to the big dance. Wes Miller now has a very strong recent track record after I think his first five seasons at UNCG were losing seasons, and since then he's had nothing but success, including with this senior class that they're honoring tomorrow night in that home game against Furman. Wes Miller is going to join us live in about 10 minutes. Your calls to 1-800-849-2761. Obviously, with the regular season still having games to play, We're going to be revisiting the coaching carousel. Uh, It's think-out-loud conversation right now. Boston College has to make a decision about Jim Christian come mid-March. Georgia Tech has to make a decision about Josh Pastner come mid-March. And Wake Forest has to make a decision on Danny Manning come mid-March. Man, the ACC tournament is going to be partly about crowning an ACC champion, and we're going to be there and having a lot of fun in Greensboro with everybody else. But it's going to see an ACC coaching carousel start to spin as well. It's only a matter of how many guys are shown the door or, in some cases, perhaps retire. 1-800-849-2761. More of your phone calls still to come. Chris Corciani later. David Ayers of the Canes later. Wes Miller in 10 minutes on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Wes Miller has already become, at the age of 37, the winningest coach in the history of UNC Greensboro basketball. He was an NCAA champion with the North Carolina Tar Heels as a player. His younger brother plays now for Carolina. Maybe Wes will watch the State Carolina game tonight. He has a big night of his own tomorrow night. Wes Miller, next on the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn Dukies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by 100. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show.